the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Wall Street is digesting the coronavirus. It doesn't seem to be panicking. But now they're in a moment of assessment, in my opinion. What will that lead, where will that lead us? It's a fine, 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 fine question. But there's a lot of fine questions. Like Netflix at the Oscars? Let's see if I can answer both of these in this segment. First and foremost, stocks started a little bit weaker today because over the weekend we started doing our research and we're like, okay, we hear Apple's going to keep their stores as closed and we hear that KFCs are, are, some of them are still opening open and they're, yet they're delivering and one of the delivery people who's delivering a KFC package, uh, think Grubhub, think that kind of Uber Eats kind of thing. Um, as they're delivering said package, whoa, no, someone had the coronavirus. Like, So how shut down does China get? Because during the coronavirus, they were celebrating partially their Lunar New Year. Do not quote me on any of this. Um, so a lot of factories were already shut down. Now, if China's factories get shut down, what do you think about when you think about factories? I think about Laverne and Shirley, right? They were working at a beer factory. They're standing right next to each other. They're touching bottle caps on beer or something like that. And I'm just like, that looks like a flu waiting to happen, a flu epidemic. Now, the good news and bad news is that's not exactly rocket science. If I know that, it's not. So China knows something of what they're doing. But how soon can they get back to the factories? Because what they don't want is for it to get out of hand. So Chinese factories are officially starting to reopen today. But local government's efforts to limit the spread of the virus has led some businesses to stay closed. We're not getting a law of information out of China. But we do know a prolonged closure of said factories exasperates their nation's slowdown internally with business, but also it upends and, and just, I don't want to use the word destroy because this is a sensitive topic. It upends is the nicest way of saying it. The global supply chain on everything that Chinese manufacturers basically stock in the world of retail around the world. A microcosm of that is there's a cruise ship that is quarantined outside of Japan. It's still quarantined. 3,700 people. And people on the, on the boat now are starting to say, maybe we should get the, the coronavirus so we can get off the ship. That's, people are, can you imagine you're basically living in your cabin, which is a glorified bathroom of a hotel room? Not good. So the number of cases as it rises, and again, um, why did I bring up oh, the microcosm? Um, they're running out of snacks. They're running out of food. That's a problem. 
that's a very, very big problem. And the only people who are getting off the boat are the ones who are diagnosed with a fever. Oh, you got to go to hospital. So that's not exactly a healthy economy on the boat. They should be out at sea. They should be gambling. I think that's what people do on cruises. They should be drinking and dancing and doing shuffleboard because I saw that on Love Boat, so it must be true. There's something going on in the Lido deck 24-7, 365, I'm pretty sure. And you get all-you-can-eat pizza, except for they can't do that anymore. You can see how the businesses kind of get tight. There's another fascinating story today. Simon Property. They're acquiring a REIT mall company called Taubman Centers. I find Simon Property buying Taubman Centers to be almost almost odd timing that it's the same day that L Brands, who does Victoria's Secret, is spinning off or is selling off to private equity. So a mall store is basically giving up because they can't get people in malls anymore. And yet one big property company is buying another big mall company. Popeyes, of course, is doing great. They're tied towards Restaurant and Brands Internationals. That's Burger King and Popeyes. Um, fourth quarter earnings that topped expectations. And they use the phrase transformational growth. Wall Street loves the phrase transformational growth um, at Popeyes. All tied towards the freaking fracking chicken sandwich. Who knew that a chicken sandwich could move uh, business that well? Now, talking about things that don't move so well, Netflix had 24 nominations at the Oscars, and they only walked away with two statues. This could have been and should have been their year. They had the industry-leading 24 nominations. They had Martin Scorsese, gangster epic The Irishman, won nothing. It was difficult to look at Martin Scorsese because you're kind of like, oh, he's going to get something. Oh, he's getting nothing? Oh, he's going to get something here. Oh, he got nothing again? So you got to see a lot of the gangsters from his movie, the Robert De Niro types, the Joe Pesci types. You got to see them sitting there just cracking their knuckles like they're going to take revenge on the presenters or something like that. That's what I projected. But this is a problem for Netflix. That was a big budget. And had they won, we would have seen Netflix as a destination for quality movies. But right now we're still seeing it as they got a lot of those Adam Sandler films coming out. The one where there's like nine cowboys and all of them are dumber than the other. No, yeah, something's got to be with Jennifer Addison and Sandler coming out this year. There's not a lot to look forward to as far as quality goes. And that's not exactly true. Laura Dern won the Best Supporting Actress Award for her role as the hard-charging divorce lawyer in the Netflix-produced film Marriage Story, which the, the best line in that movie was, Babysitter! Babysitter! And that was the attorney screaming because they're going to go through a divorce about the babysitter. But Marriage Story won for Laura Dern. Congratulations. Um, she's an unbelievably talented actress. And if you look at her repertoire of movies, boy, she started with, I, I think she started with Wild at Heart. That's the first time I noticed her, and she clearly was doing it before that. But David Lynch's movie, she was a. A very young, sexy, beautiful woman who played a very young, sexy, beautiful woman. And she's, she's aged well in her movies. She's, she's got together quite a, quite a lineup of movies. So that she won, but also American Factory won, which was talking about the relationships between factories in the United States and China. Um, and guess who produced that? A lot of people didn't grasp it, but it was Barack and Michelle Obama. 
in their higher ground productions. So they won a document. I know, Mr. Obama, good for you. Um, But for higher ground productions, they won the award for the best documentary feature. Now, clearly a, a subtle, you know, like this is nice to see. And it shows you that movies are really going global. Like businesses need to go global. Parasite, a South Korean film, which had an unbelievable screenplay. Um, if you see the movie, you're going to be like, wow. But if you see the source material, it blows you away. So it's nice to see that they went international. Now, the problem for Netflix is, in my opinion, is what's next? They had the two popes. They received acting nominations for both Anthony Hopkins, Jonathan Price, amazing actors. They had some animated features like uh, Klaus. Klaus. Klaus would be the German Santa Claus. Claus would be the American Santa Claus. Uh, and they had, like, uh, I Lost My Body. They've got some good animation. They're going to try to take on Pixar with their animation. But not much going on there. So Netflix still has these fringe elements, but they haven't hit mainstream strong enough to get my mom, well, I'm not, not my mom and dad, but anyone's mom and dad to say, I want to watch high-quality movies there. Not Adam Sandler movies. Anyway, you get the idea. I'm Rob Black. I answered both questions. Take a break. Be right back. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. There's a lot of good downloadables there. I'm Rob Black. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. So one of the things I do on the show is I try to play music, and Mike, my producer, does a really, really good job of like getting my taste pretty close. Sometimes I guide a little bit, but there was a singer last night at the Academy Awards, and I'm not talking about Indina Menzel. I'm talking about the very, very unique Aurora, who I played and I talked about her on this show a couple years ago before she was anything. She did a David Bowie song, Life on Mars. And last night she got into the the Indina Menzel performance of Into the Unknown and uh, sang with Indina Menzel. So it was nominated for Best Original Song. I was kind of proud of that because I knew her when. She was just doing, oh, I know where I fell in love with her voice. Um... I want to say it was on the HBO show Girls. There was a scene where they played her Life on Mars song. And uh, she did a haunting version of it. So you're like, this chick has some pipes. She can sing. And uh, she can hit some notes that <clears throat> I think she made Indina Menzel look a little on the weak side. And that's tough to do. With that being said, um, we just had a Canadian group bring us in out of break so if you have questions about the music don't send me emails <laughs> send them to garyradditch.com and that's a joke gary don't get mad at me gary so we're gonna get some cuts or we're gonna see some cuts in the economy because our government's spending a lot of money right um we're looking forward to see um we're looking forward to see what Trump puts out there as a budget and what gets cut and what doesn't get cut. And we're talking about Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, government entitlement programs. I'm frustrated with this. And I, I hope you understand that frustration is a part of the game. 
that you see debt going higher and debt going higher. And I've got a friend on Facebook, and I'm, I'm weaning myself completely off Facebook and just going to do the Instagram thing down the road. Not there yet. I, I like kind of spying on my friends and saying, like, what's up? It's interesting to see when people leave the area, you know, how do they go to a new area? Do they like it? I'm guilty of that. I don't do it a lot. Not that addicted to me. To me, it's not that kind of thing. Um, but it's out there. Shoot. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, by the way, at Facebook, I have a Cron4 page that I post most of my TV spots every day. Sometimes I post them on the kdow.biz page on Facebook as well. You can check out either or if you prefer. And that's it. Apple stock is the stock that I own the largest percentage of my wealth in. And it's probably the stock that is causing the most concern for people on Wall Street right now. Because not only do I have a lot of wealth in it, but the markets have a lot of wealth in it. It's been a big mover for the Dow Jones Industrial Average. If it moves down, Dow moves down. It's been a big mover for the SP 500. If Apple moves down, the SP 500 moves down. There's a lot of wealth that we don't even know about that has really benefited from big companies getting bigger. Tim Hortons plans to refocus on founding values. I don't even know what that means. There's some companies I don't want to invest in, and I, I just go, I, I don't even want to take the time to get to know that one. Fair. One of the questions that you get from time to time are typically like worst case scenarios. Those are the ones who write the questions, right? Rob, I married an older man who wants to retire and he wants me to retire with him. I'm assuming he's 62. She's 52. She said there's like a 10 year difference and I'm just guessing 62 and 52. She goes, I want to keep working for the health care. Now we get back to what I just started with Trump's budget spending. If we cut down Medicare, Medicaid, Medicaid, Social Security, you can see that people have to work longer to get Social Security. You can see that people get less uh, entitlements. But my friend on Facebook, he's not very savvy. Um, he's one of those people who, who's kind of faked his way into the Bay Area. It's a very, very difficult area if you don't have a, a STEM background. If you don't have something in the family that gets you a high-paying job, and he doesn't, <clears throat> nor does his wife. I'm not going to say where his wife works, but uh, let's just say kind of a store, a mall store. And I don't think any of us think people who work in retail make a lot of money, even the store managers. But anyway, he uh, he's all angry because he, he just he, he doesn't like Trump. So every post of his is like, see, look what happens when you go hire a criminal. Like he just, he never gives up on it. And it gets a little bit old because he's also the type of guy that he's reposting a lot of information and we don't, it gets tiring. It gets exhausting. I try to turn my phone completely off of the news on the weekends within reason. I, I have to stay informed to help you guys. But uh, he's all upset right now because Trump is threatening to push the age of retirement of when you get your social security, you'll have to work longer for it. And he goes, his quote that just got me laughing. He goes, they're called entitlements. And he basically calls the president dumb rear end. That's enough. Put down the mic. (laughs) Oh boy. Did uh, Saturday night live have some, I like watching the news segment on Saturday night live. I'm not crazy about the skits, but the Michael Che, 
college. I was, that always gets me a couple cracks. And uh, Trump made another gaffe on his United States when he was talking about Kentucky. He was talking about a state that he just he totally muffed the word. The United States. <laughs> I never get tired of that. Um, and trust me, I've got many. Oh, I call them blackouts. So I used to have a producer that saved all my blackouts. And uh, every year at the end of the year, we do a, a Rob Black mistake party. So I can make fun of myself. But anyway, most people write me letters about like worst case scenarios. Oh, there's our, our sweet loving Aurora. Um, I'll answer more questions if you want to drop them. Like, I got to listen to her going to break. Little Aurora, life is... Life on Mars by Dave I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. You know my least favorite holiday of the year? I know you're going to say, don't go there, don't go there. Valentine's Day. It's my... I know, I know, I know, I know. It's a holiday. I guess you could probably say it's Christmas, but only because we've lost the true meaning of Christmas and commercialized it. And Valentine's Day tells me that we've lost the true meaning of relationships and we've commercialized it. I've been sucker to it many times in my life. Now, it's that's where I tend to make my mistakes. Not on Wall Street with like no greed, no fear, no emotions, but. In relationships, when I was a younger man, I, I was confused, and I wanted love. I wanted someone to love me, and sometimes I'd, I would like in my head, I'd be like, "I want that girl," <laughs> just to show you how bad I am at relationships. In eighth grade, and this is an embarrassing story. There's a girl named uh, Katie, and. I had a crazy crush in eighth grade, just like, you know, thinking about it. Like, every other thought was her. She didn't even know my name. And then I kind of got in, you know, you start changing classes, and, you know, she, oh, she's in two of my classes. Like, sweet. With science and history and kind of, you know, how grade schools are. And, uh, you know, we, we, we got to know each other. And at one point in time, I was, I was reading the paper because... That's what we did back in those days and age. Like, you know, maybe the kids would grab the sports section. The dad would grab the business section, the world section, you know. And for some reason I saw, and this is how obsessed I was with her. I saw her name as an obituary, but it wasn't her. So I I cut it out. I I jokingly laughed with her. I was like, look what I saw in the paper the other day. Someone with your name died and it's not you. (laughs) I thought the hilarity was going to follow. Oh, no. She's like, that's not funny. So with love, I truly make a lot of mistakes. I know a person who's uh, financially very, very, very smart. But in love, he's been through two not-so-pretty divorces. 
And it's kind of interesting because I know one financial planner in this industry who recently retired. And he's literally wanted to sell his company at one point in time because he's getting older. And there was a lot of assets in it. But he wanted a high paycheck because he was still paying off wives from alimonies and divorces. That's crazy. Four wives. And his current wife was like doing like African jewelry, which is fine. And I'm not being racist. I'm not saying anything crazy. But she would like help fund. She would fly to Africa, not cheap. It's almost like just send a check next time and help a village like make. It was like a big money loser. So he, this guy was attracted to financial, like, costly relationships. And again, I've been there. So I'm trying to tell you to get out of the February 14th shebang. Go get some candles at the dollar store. Maybe a little massage oil. Get it a, a plumper chicken $5 thing at Costco. Don't spend a lot of money on flowers. Flowers die. Whoever got that in that racket, let's buy something for 40 or 50 or $60 in red roses that are gone in four or five days. That is like throwing money into a, 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 a oil drum and lighting it on fire. I know you, a lot of you are like, I bet your, your sugar booger's not listening right now. You're probably right. You get the idea. Um, right around the corner. Valentine's Day is like, okay, not just Valentine's Day, but all holidays are right around the corner. You know, uh, what is the statistic? There's more Irish people in New York than there are in Ireland. And you would think that St. Patty's Day is like an Irish holiday <laughs> or Cinco de Mayo. Like, do we always have a holiday right around the corner? President's Days, we've only monetized it into mattresses. Great day to buy a mattress, right? Not Black Friday. President's Day is the mattress day. So if you're feeling romantic, you can go get a copy of this clip from the podcast at iTunes. And uh, just play this clip for your sugar booker and say, look, I'm out. An improvised dinner at home for $25 is better than a dinner out for 200 And those prefix meals, they piss me off. When, you, when the restaurant knows they got you where they want you. And I get it. It's a busy night out. And the restaurants typically win, especially if it's like a Tuesday or Wednesday night, which are typically not big nights out. Um, one of my very first college girlfriends taught me that, that very expensive lesson as we were breaking up. I was panicked. I was like, I didn't want to be broken up with. You know, I was finishing college. I didn't know what my future was going to be. And uh, we went to New York City as like one last, you know, final hoorah. And it didn't work out. But uh, in the end, I, I kind of asked for a debrief. I was like, why didn't we work out? Because I, I kind of wanted to learn. And she said, all I wanted to do was sit on the couch and eat corn chips with you. And I didn't get it. So anyway, um, fixed price meals. Uh, romantic is not my middle name. Investor is. You should make homemade gifts. No, I don't want you to make homemade gifts. You should say something cozy and romantic. That's better. That's better. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Just try not... Watch what you're spending. And on flowers that die, I do not... No one will ever be able to explain that to me. I know there's probably a florist out there who's going, Oh, stop it, Rob. Stop it. 
And I, I get fresh flowers. I do. But not for 60 bucks. So... I know you're saying, did you just imply you should pick roses out of Rob Black's garden? Maybe. I should sell them. Send my kids out, like, uh, dress them up as, like, really, really poor kids. Like, from, like, Charles Dickens, like, 1800s, 1600s England. Hey, governor, you want to buy some flowers? Anyhow, I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial. Money, investing, and more. Um... What do you want to talk about? The markets, are they? Are you in or are you out? The coronavirus was an interesting um, economic lesson for a lot of people. And I guess that's how we should look at things. When the coronavirus comes around and does it ruin the world economies? What if the coronavirus hit? Let me show you a worst case scenario. Do you remember when we had the 2006 or was it 2008 Summer Olympics in China? I don't know what year it was. Uh, but if there was a, an Olympics going on in China, and they discovered it the week after the Olympics ended and everyone went back home, that might have been a bigger story. But we do have Olympics always coming up, and so we're kind of like, okay, we've got to start thinking about this stuff on how it could disrupt econom- economies, right? So, good economic lesson. Getting through um, President Trump's surprise presidency, back at, what was that, 2016? I'm trying to figure out my years right now. Yeah, 2016. I don't want to say anything wrong or edit myself incorrectly, but um, the markets crashed that night as it started becoming clear. Markets in China and Japan and the United States opened with, like, down 600. I know financial planners that were in such a panic because they got fearful that the world wasn't going to like Trump an inexperienced politician, that it wasn't going to jive, and uh, they panicked. Send out letters to clients like, you know, uh, the market's going to take some time to digest this and blah. Like, people do panic. They get emotional. So you have to go through, like, events. 9-11 is probably the most horrific one I can bring up, right? We got through it, and look how our economies have done since. Now, you could say that our economy has been in peril ever since 2009-11. 2001. Yeah, you could say it has been in peril, and I get it. Uh, because at that point in time, the Federal Reserve, maybe that's not what you figured out came out of 9-11. We look to our bankers, not our politicians, to save our, our hide, financially speaking. And the Federal Reserve lowered interest rates. And you didn't know it, but it made it cheap for corporations to borrow money. It made it cheaper for governments to borrow money. It made it cheaper for individuals to borrow money. Keep in mind, our government usually just prints money, but you get the idea. Um, It helped drive a very tired stock market, a very tired uh, real estate market back to life. We started creating wealth, and we're like, well, we could quantify how many people died in 9-11. We'll put that back behind us. But when it happened, people were very fearful. And it was the bankers, in my opinion. But now the interesting part about it is I think we've become addicted I've never done cocaine in my life. I have no interest in doing cocaine. Let's not even talk about anything else, like heroin. When you hear a rock star say, wow, heroin makes you see God, you're like, I have no interest because I have an addictive personality. When I have one soda, I want another one, kind of like almost right after it. So you really got to get comfortable with who you are 
and uh, I think we're addicted to to low interest rates, and that's a problem that I don't see. We're boxing ourselves in. We're getting very addicted to that. It helps corporations. Tax reform does too. There's no doubt about it. I'm not saying anything's bad right now, but we are looking at the debt issues, and they're just not coming to fruition. Can't beat them. Join them. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Take a break. Be right back. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I try to stop you from what I refer to as buyer's remorse. Sometimes it's instantaneously. I remember buying a car somewhere during college, I think. And uh, the moment I bought it, I was like, oh, buyer's remorse. You tend to get it with like the bigger ticket purchases in real time. But the smaller ones are the ones you sometimes regret. If I were to go back, for instance, you have a kid. And a kid's going to get you a lot of buyer's remorse in your life. Because you're going to be like, I want that kid to have a better life than me. I'm buying him a jumpy house. So you buy your kid a jumpy house. And you do the reviews. And you're like, okay, well, the jumpy house, you just you, you cost. How much does it cost? Are they safe? You can't have children and not worry about their safety in said jumpy house. Can't have jumpy house flying off in the air. And, you, and then your kid gets in it, and he loves it, and then you have to pack it up and put it away, and when do you bring it back out? Where do you store it? Suddenly I have a garage of jumpy houses. A lot of buyer's remorse in my garage. Lots and lots of buyer's remorse. To that point, um, I tend to make good financial decisions when I buy expensive things, but I do buyer's remorse is an issue. And you tend to have buyer's remorse very, very slowly. For instance, many, many, many years ago, I bought Sonus stereos for my home. Sonus stereo speakers. Great speakers, incredibly wireless. They kind of got that whole thing going before other people did. But now I want to simplify and just go with Apple Air HomePods. Or I don't really want three or four different systems. I want that one system to unite them all. Then I saw Sonus in 2019 send out an email at the end of the year that said, we're no longer going to update our old products. And people must have blown up on them. Because wireless standards and settings need to be updated through apps on occasion. And they've, they said, we're no longer going to update the old ones. We want you to buy the new ones and we'll give you 30% off on any of the old ones you want to sell back to us if you buy new ones. And suddenly I felt like I was being tricked. I had buyer's remorse. I thought these were speakers for life. I thought these were speakers that I could put in my my casket with me. They were expensive. They were an arm and a leg and a pinky. One arm, one leg, one pinky. It was pricey. So how much stuff do you have buyer's regret over? Remember how I started, how I said Valentine's Day? How about every Valentine's date that didn't marry me? I know, I know, I know. I've got an unhealthy, I had an unhealthy relationship with with money and love so buyer's remorse one in three americans 91 million americans say they're afraid they're going to max out their credit card when making a large purchase 
large purchases technically defined very loosely. So it's not very technical, is it? $100? When you first get into a relationship where you're spending each other's money, I say, you should talk to each other before you spend $300 on anything. You need a $100 outfit? Fine. You need a $300 outfit? You should talk to each other. You need a $100 video game? Fine. You need a $500 Xbox? You need to talk to each other. A healthy amount of fear of fear in your credit card is, is actually pretty good. More than one-third, 37%, have said that they've already maxed out their credit card. And 14% have said they've maxed out more than once. Um, I've been there. I, I'm trying to think of when, and I, I don't. I, I know that I maxed out one card, but I, I was younger. So it was like a $2,000 card that I did max out at 2000 And there wasn't any more pizza or love or romance that I could put on that credit card. Most Americans continue to take on ever-increasing amounts of debt. If the credit card's maxed, they open another credit card if they can. Sometimes people take out home equity lines of credit. I find it, we're addicted to credit. We're addicted to low-interest rate credit. I keep coming back to that circle. The United States surpassed $1 trillion in credit card debt, and we continue to take it on. Households with revolving credit typically owe about $7,000. $7,000 on a credit card costs you about $1,100 of interest payments. So you just paid for something for $7,000. Maybe it's flowers that died. Maybe it's a video game system that aged out. And you have to pay another $1,100 in interest on it. So be reasonable with your relationship with credit. And I say that intelligently. It's a relationship with credit. It's a lot, a lot like your money relationship with your spouse. And on like Valentine's Day, don't spend too much money. And again, from the, you know, Judy, girl, my college girlfriend, she said it best. When she goes, I just wanted to sit on the couch and like... We make this way too difficult. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. You can always drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. Got a lot of good downloadables at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. When you get fearful, you have to, like, have some basic understanding of math and finance. It's something that I, I don't understand that we don't have a better grasp of. When I tell you the markets, if you take a look at a stock market chart, it could be the NASDAQ, it could be uh, the Dow Jones Industrial 30, it could be the Dow Transports chart, it could be the S&P 500, the S&P 400. When you take a look at those charts that are 10, 20, 30, 40 years, you see that it always moves up. And yes, you can see like a recession in it, but you can see it recovers. Getting comfortable with a basic little bit of financial knowledge like that goes a long way. Will the system always work? It has so far. Is that good enough to invest in? No. But you shouldn't ignore it either. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show.